It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and last Sunday I celebrated 10 years on air making the Best Possible Taste Ireland's longest running food and drink radio show and podcast. And at this year's Blossner and Irish Food Awards I found myself in the guest chair with chef and broadcaster Brian McDermott interviewing me about how the Best Possible Taste came about. Let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for those that have held on. And we kept this event deliberately um, to the very end of another successful year of BLOSS. But that success, I think, is down to a lot of people who contribute and give something to, I suppose, being honest, what was the... um, family uh, of Artie and that whole extended family that then he opened out and allowed all of us become that in different roles and and we do it because of the type of person and people that they are but also in in what they've built uh, in a platform like this but it did take a lot of people behind the scenes to do everything in relation to this from branding to building up you know the perception of it creating the need and the want for producers to be part of this and I think that the very reason why we're doing this session and the very individual that we're going to celebrate was a key part of making that happen for us all, but more importantly, for the event and for BLOSS. But before I introduce um, a lady that I know all of you that are here know, because we are here to celebrate something, and that is 10 years of a podcast. I'm celebrating one year of listening to podcasts. (laughs) So when 10 years ago, Sharon um, Noonan, met me in Limerick, maybe just around or just after that, she mentioned podcasts, and I, and I distinctly remember going, she's, she's gone. What, what is happening here? What is a podcast? So I don't believe that there has been um, a podcast that has been running for 10 years, but more importantly, a podcast that has given a platform to an awful lot of people, producers. It's built confidence. It has been influential to all of us, and I include myself in that because that speaking, that building confidence for one very simple reason. When someone puts a microphone in front of you, the person that positions it is the person that settles you down. And that person is the reason that we're here. And I want you to put your hands together to celebrate and welcome Sharon Noonan. Sharon. Don't break down on me at this no, stage. Come it's on, too we, early. We, we, I, don't wa- I don't want to do a Mina's nougat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have 45 minutes of this to, to oh, fill with conversation. God, 45 minutes. You know, and, and firstly, a, a massive congratulations to you. Um, and we will talk about where this came from as an idea and as a, as a podcast in general. But how does it feel? I mean, sitting here today, knowing that you have had 10 years of a successful podcast under your belt now? Well, I can't believe it's 10 years. It has just gone by in a heartbeat. And um, like, I cannot take all the credit for the, the podcast and the radio show. That was my idea, my creation. But it was actually Geraldine O'Sullivan who is hiding in the audience somewhere. 
Geraldine um, came in and produced the show in the in the very early days, and mm. she would have said to me, "Look, I think we should put this online and make a podcast out of it." And I was like, "Knock yourself out, Geraldine. Whatever. I don't know what that is." Yeah. So so go ahead. But it, obviously, it means that it's um, it's more widely available because it's it's aired on a Tuesday night in West Limerick 102, yeah. and and then it's repeated on the Wednesday morning. So you know that's quite a small. Yeah audience um, there in West Limerick. So can I, can I ask you to go back and can I say, like, who is Sharon Noonan and where did this come from? You know, firstly, like even where you were born, because you have a distinctive voice. <laughs> I have a distinctive Well, apparently when I was very young, I said to my parents, I'm not going to talk like you. <laughs> going to invent my whole individual, yeah. new, unique accent. And I would have got slagged off quite a lot at school for my accent. Yeah, okay. it didn't, you know, not everybody liked it. And uh, when I was 17, I actually did work experience in a radio station just outside Belfast. And they said, forget about it. Nobody wants to listen to that accent. Oh, no. I think we should send them a wee tweet today, <laughs> shouldn't we? <laughs> Celebrating 10 years later. Yeah, imagine like, and it's funny then, even when I went, off, I went to Queen's and I did um, French and business, I, I didn't want to do journalism. Right. I really loved Terry Wogan at the time, the way he sat and interviewed people Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Didn't want to do it on TV because you have to look a certain way. You can't be shuffling about yeah. with notes. So, you know, radio was something that I wanted to do, like in a chat show on a radio station. But obviously I went off and did the sensible French and business degree. Um, and when I was at Queen's, there was a community that was Belfast Community mm. Radio Station then. So there was a few of us used to go down once a week on a Wednesday night. It was actually just after Stephen Nolan. That's where he yeah. would have started. Um, some people from the north would be familiar with Stephen Nolan. So he had a show and then Lisa Flavelle had a right. had a show and I used to always say that if I made it I would be Sharon Devlan ah. as opposed to Sharon Devlin because I was convinced yeah. her name's Lisa Flavel but it just doesn't sound as nice as Lisa Flavel. Yeah. So there was a panel and we talked about different things. So you know I got to indulge in it a bit then. And then after I graduated, I went uh, to Canada on yeah. an overseas export marketing program course. And when I was there, there was a, an opportunity to, to do some radio work that I went down and, and investigated. And they said, yeah, you're brilliant. Come along and bring $3,000 with you. And, and like I'm from Balamina, same reputation as Calvin yeah. has, as Nevin's Calvin. There was no yeah. way, if they'd said it was $300, I wouldn't have done it. Balamina is, is the Calvin of the North, for those that don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's often said, you know, you have to be from Balamina and keep your money to yourself, <laughs> you know. So, so Sharon, you, you got out of Balamina um, and, and obviously you're now living in Limerick and in Newcastle West. And I know your family is here today as well, which I'll touch upon later on. So that radio piece, that podcast, and then specifically tailoring it as opposed to food and food producers, where did that come from? Well, I, there was an ad in the, the local paper in uh, Newcastle West and they were looking for volunteers for the local yeah. community radio station. So I said, gosh, sure, I'll go, I'll go and do this. Aye. And we were all there in the room in the first night and they were going round everybody. What sort of a show do you want to do? And whenever they came to me, I said, I don't want to do a show. I'll do something behind the scenes because nobody wants to listen to this accent. So it's funny how something is said to you as a teenager that like 30 years later, it's still there in your head. 
But they said, oh, no, Sharon, out of everybody here, you have the nicest mm. accent. So I said, well, I'm not doing a, um, a, a music show because if you saw my uh, music collection, it's even worse than Nevin's is. So Very debatable. <laughs> there <was> no <laughs> Very debatable. So there was no way I was doing a music one. And um, I, it just so happened then that I was, in, I was asked to go to Dublin to judge at a, a different Food Awards. Mm. And whenever I was there, I met Nigel Bardem who would be on radio over in the UK. And, and he was telling me about a food slot that he did with Simon Mayo. I think it was BBC Radio 4 wow. at the time. Yeah. And I said, gosh, maybe I could do, um, maybe I could do a, a food and drink show yeah. on the, the local community radio station. So that was maybe around April, May time. And, you know, it was, it was churning around in my head and I hadn't really done anything about yeah. it. And I was in the States. We were visiting friends in Philadelphia. And uh, Neve and I had actually gone to New York to see a play. It was um, about the boatyard. It was Northern Ireland production. Yeah. And I had said, I think Liam Neeson could be at this now if he's in town. And one, a girl that was there the night before said, I'm really sorry to break it to you, Sharon, but he was actually there last night. Okay. Vanessa Redgrave was there. His mother-in-law was, um, was there the night we were there. So um, Neve and I went out for, for drinks afterwards and she met um, a very good friend from Newry who actually works in the Irish Arts Centre. Mm. And Neve came over and said, oh my God, Sharon, guess where you're going on Monday night? You and Michael. And I said, um, where? And she said, you're going to a drinks reception on Fifth Avenue. It's a fundraiser for the Irish Arts Centre and Liam Neeson is hosting it. And I said, I don't think so, Neve. And she said, what do you mean? I said, me and you'll go to it. Yeah. We'll leave Michael at home. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of us went off to this fundraiser in a very flashy uh, apartment on Fifth Avenue. And um, towards the end of it, then people were queuing up to meet Liam Neeson and Aye. have a chat with him. So... I, you know, I said I was from Balamina. He actually went to school with my dad's cousin, who he said, he's dead now. I was like, yes, I know that. <laughs> he's dead. And he had some great stories about that. And his mother was actually a dinner lady at our school yeah. whenever I was growing up. And I had written him a fan letter. And whenever I was talking to him, this was all coming back to me. And the, the Christmas card was King Kong climbing the Empire State Building to put the star on top of it and inside it he had written something along the lines of you know you know whatever your dreams are just go for yeah. it and, and and make it happen for yourself so I'd said to him God you know you've really inspired me now when I go home I'm going to sit down I'm going to put this pitch together and I'm going to make it happen and I and I did so that was in the June and the first show went out in October. And, and of course, what we're talking about here is the best possible taste, which is what you titled it from day one, and it's remained that. And I'm picking up here and I'm listening, and it's back to an earlier conversation. It's that confidence piece. So there must have been a stage when you said, hang on here, I don't really mind what a couple of people are saying in relation to whether my voice is adequate, suitable for radio or not. You knew it was, you thought it was, and not just the persistence, but you probably made a very notable decision, didn't you, that you were going to push through that period of time with it? 
Absolutely. Look, you know, I kind of felt, what do I have to lose? It wasn't mm. like it's community radio station. You don't get paid for it. Everybody's volunteers and they're there because they're passionate yeah. about what they do. So, you know, I, I love food and drink. My father used to say to me whenever I was doing it, do these people know you can't cook? <laughs> like, I said, Dad, I don't have to cook. No. I just I just need to be able to eat and talk about yeah. it. And I'm well qualified yeah. to do that. So g give me paint a picture of the scene 10 years ago, the food scene. Like, you know, obviously it's very different now. But where did you start in terms of producers? You know, who, who was the obvious ones and, and how has it built and grown since that? Well, I suppose I started with the the local, the, the you know, the people in and around West Limerick. Yeah. So the likes of Dan Milan in the mustard seed mm -hmm. would have been one of the, the, the first guests that I had on the show. And he obviously was a great um, advocate for using local produce in season, in season produce and just like a great hotelier. Yeah. So, you know... I do feel at the start I was probably very naive because I just thought anybody and everybody wants to be on the radio. Like, they're mm. not going to say no because, you know, that's great. But obviously some people are, are totally terrified of doing it. Some people might think, well, oh, it's only a community radio station. It's, it's maybe a bit beneath them. Like, if Ray Darcy phoned them, it'd be no problem. But for the local community radio station, maybe... Not so much. And I'd always encourage anybody that I mentor or when I'm doing the workshops, I always say, like, please get in touch and and do a piece with me because it's great practice if you haven't yeah. had an opportunity to, to, to have proper media training, for example, because it's all pre-recorded. I'm very happy to edit it. I want the best out of the guest, you know, and, and it is about them. They take center yeah. stage. So who, give me some of the most memorable um, individuals and, and the story. Well, uh, this is a non-food one because whenever I'd finished the training, they asked me to come in to present the exchange. It's mm. the current affairs show, which would be a live show. Um, so it's not just, it wasn't just food, but um, a few men come in. I think there was like a vintage tractor mm. thing happening that weekend. So one of them came in and it's all live. So there's a bit of music or jingles going and I'm introducing themselves. And then your mom was like, you'll have to speak up because I'm deaf in one ear. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to do a, an interview, a live interview on the radio yelling at this man? But sure, look, it was all it was all fine. But I didn't I didn't like the live side yeah, of things okay. that was too much it was just too much pressure and um so i, I you know i do like to, to pre-record everything but um one of the most memorable interviews was probably in wexford okay and it was during the rock and food festival yeah where I interviewed um karen and natalie from bean and goose mm. chocolate company on a ferris wheel <laughs> that was going round and yeah. round and we were drinking a local gin, I think, as well, a gin cocktail. Yeah. So th that was probably one of the most memorable interviews with um, a producer. Yeah. And I mean, I know of lots of people, including myself, that in the early days, and, and I will say one thing, when all of us go and when a microphone is stuck in front of us, you're not really in control because you're looking at the person and you're kind of going, what are they going to ask? Don't do it. And everything races, Nevin. You'll know this races through your head. But I think with you... That is exactly how I'm feeling now, Brian. <laughs> I was actually going to come to that because Sharon has been chasing me down for the last two months and I deliberately ignored her <laughs> because she said, you know, we, we need to have a chat about it. And I said, no, 
this is a flip here. You've had 10 years of putting people on the spot. So we're going to do it, but we are going to do it in, in a nice celebratory way, of course. But I do, I do remember this was in a field like in Limerick, my own interview. And um, it was in my early days of not having a microphone shelved in front of me. But you definitely had it with ease. And she's doing it again. Look at that look. <laughs> look at that look. It's, and the head goes slightly. And it's like, don't look anywhere else. Stay with me on this. And is that the style or where did those skills, are they naturally there or, or is it something you've had to change even over the years? Well, um, I was always a very curious child. Nosy. Yeah, that's what they yeah, would have I said. Would. I would I agree would with that. Yeah, cur curious. Your mum's nodding as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm over at that side, yeah. Um, and it, like even whenever I was in Canada on the Overseas Export mm. Marketing Program, and we, you know, the consulate would be holding these drinks receptions and stuff, and yeah. we'd go home that night, and I'd be saying, "Did you meet this one? And did you know they did this?" And bloody, and the girls were like, "How do you get all this information?" Right. And it was just because I liked asking questions and yeah. finding out about people. You, you kind of remind me of my mother-in-law. Do you know, you know when, I'm, when I don't want to tell her anything, she's sitting looking and Sharon does that similar thing and all of a sudden <laughs> you're starting to volunteer and you're going away going, shit, I told her again. So, yeah. and, and you were able to, I heard that through multiple interviews, you were able to get a little bit more out of people um, throughout the interviews. And even, I worked in aerospace for, uh, for a while whenever they were, the, the plans were in place for the Airbus right. A380. So I was over in Toulouse with them. Um, there was three or four in the delegation and um, we were all in the room and they were talking. And, and the next thing your mom was like, um, we'll go now for a cigarette yeah. break. And they all looked at me and I went out and came in after seven minutes and said, did it needs this? What, looking for this. And, blah, and that was it. Had yeah. all the information about what the opportunities were for Northern Ireland for the right. A380. Yeah. Sharon, I'm going to bring you to Bloss, where we are, and we're sitting in Dingle, and you've, you've covered lots of Bloss producers, but you've also done the anniversary for Bloss, and you've done a lot of audio around that. That has been really a key part of your development, hasn't it, for the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I get so many guests mm. from um, Bloss and Aaron, and I've also, like, I get clients from it as well. Yep. Um, I'm part of the mentoring program, like yourself, for Blossnair, and, and um, it just it makes my life so much easier whenever I have a, a list of people that I can send an email out to to say, you know, what have, what news have yeah. you for me, and are you available to to come on? And I'm so very grateful to Artie and Fallon for all the opportunities that they have given me, and. Um, like we, I did a, a radio documentary a few years ago, um, funded by the, the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland on Devlin's Yellow Man, which is a, like a secret family recipe. But then it was great to actually do a documentary on 10 years of Lost Nairn as well. Yeah. And, and I got funding for that. So like all the different opportunities that come out and just like knowing the likes of Nevin there yeah. and yourself, like you've always been very generous with your knowledge whenever I've asked you about things. Like I, I was working with somebody, they wanted to get onto TV. You and I had a huge conversation about that and you told me all about your first experiences mm. with screen tests. So, you know, 
and, and I look back and think, God, I had a bit of neck sometimes phoning people up and asking them no. things. You, you can guess who I asked. He's <laughs> sitting here in the audience like, I go, never help here. So, you know, that is what it's about. It's talking and it's freely giving away the information. But, you know, to do that and to reach people, whether it's a personal experience that, that we have all learned from or we can learn from, we need the platforms. And, like, you have provided that. So what is the podcast in terms of, is it 20 minutes, half hour? Has it changed? And from when you started podcasting to now, what has been the main difference in, I suppose, your production, your preparation, and how you execute it? Well, whenever I put the pitch in to do the show, mm. I was like, I will need a producer. I'll need somebody to do the tech. Yeah. I'll do the chatting. I'll do the getting the guests, but the technical side, uh, I'll need somebody to do that. So Geraldine did that and was absolutely brilliant. We used to go in to the studio at six o'clock on yeah. a Tuesday night and come out at eight o'clock. We'd done the interviews, but Geraldine worked the magic and, and put everything together yeah. and the jingles and all of that. And I don't know at what stage it was, I was looking at Geraldine thinking, Geraldine's pregnant, Geraldine's going to have a baby, and she's not going to be driving yeah. from Killarney to uh, West Limerick uh -huh. every Tuesday night. So um, that was a baptism of fire. Like She gave me all the training and everything I needed to do. But I can remember on a Tuesday night, um, doing something and ringing Michael in and saying, oh my God, I've spent two hours at this and it's I've just lost everything. I have to start again. And we would have had maybe five guests yeah. on at the start and then it moved down to four and now it's kind of round three. And instead of putting the whole show up onto the podcast, I just do it and it's the individual interviews yeah. that go up. And that's, that's just changed now this year. But, you know, just little tweaks over the years. But, it, you know, everything is easier now than it was 10 years Absolutely, ago. Absolutely, yeah. So w when you're switching off, what are you listening to as a podcast? So um, I was actually asked that question recently. And Anthony O'Toole, who's here, introduced me to Ruthie's Table. Okay. She is the owner of the River Cafe in, in London. So she, I think it was called Table 4 a particular table that the, the celebs would like to sit at. Mm. So um, they come in and they have maybe a recipe out of yeah. her recipe book that they, re they read out. And actually, it was, I was working at Taste of Dublin this year and um, the Gathered Table had a cookbook out. Um, the funds are going to the Peter McFerry yeah. Trust. And it was like, gosh, how do, I, how do I make this interesting? So I got J.P. McMahon to read out his recipe. So like getting inspiration from that was great. The other um, podcast I listened to is The Archers. Yeah. Love The yeah. Archers. There's a few heads nodding yeah. here as well. Love, yeah. I okay. love The Archers. Yeah. And then The RT Dog and One would, would be the... So one food one and yeah. uh, the other. I, I, I have six hours, 51 minutes in the car this <laughs> afternoon. So well, I tell I'm, you, I'm, uh, there's 10 years of podcasts <laughs> for you to get tuned into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and the Spotify, yeah. The and on the Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sharon, like any of us, n none of us can do anything <laughs> on our own. And, you, you know, you, you've already cited to the likes of Artie and Bloss and the producers, the chefs, and everybody you've had as a guest. But just for a minute, your family, because obviously it's, it's very key and important to you. Who's here? So my mum is here. My Elizabeth, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, mum does listen to it because the odd time I say things about her which she says are completely yeah. untrue. <laughs> Elizabeth, is she still as nosy now as she was? Yeah, yeah. okay. 
Yeah, uh, more. Yeah, I love the way she says I was always curious. You know, it's great, great way for Irish people to say I'm as nosy as hell. Uh, so she still is. Okay. And who else, Sharon? Uh, my brother is there standing up Mark, down the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hi, Mark. You're welcome. Yep. And yep. Uh, he, he's very good. He listens to it as well. Oh, he tells you anyway. Yeah, because yeah. He, well, he, he'll send the odd text if something isn't uh, the way it should be. So that's, you know, always very now useful. You've referenced Michael, your husband, and I take it that he ran at the point of where I... Yeah, he's yeah he has. So we hear there is Michael. Uh, Mike, Hello, Michael. Michael's feeling a little bit under the weather today. He's a bit delicate. I, I Very think, late night. I think 90% night. of this room is. <laughs> 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 Including some of us. Um, yeah. That's why we didn't make the swim this morning. So. Yeah, well, I tell apologies you, for that. Talking about that swim, there was a lot of very disappointed people that did not see you and Nevin in your speedos this morning <laughs> in Banbury Beach. Tr trust me, you dodged a bullet <laughs> <laughs> on that one, I can assure you. Um, and, and it was a lovely thing to do today. Sharon, your own two children? Yes, Hannah and Mikey are, yeah. are here. Yeah. Good. You're very welcome. And you all should be um, very, very proud, um, certainly, of Sharn. And I think I'm going to go back to, to a minute because um, your two kids in general started something a couple of years ago. And, you know, the jokes and the joke of the day, and I have used them in our house where I've just been told, that's a stupid dad joke. And I go, no, it's not. No, it's not. And they're not. They were really creative in what they did. Do you want to explain that for a few minutes? Because um, I think that was a, a nice timing piece for you as a family as well. During lockdown, um, Hannah decided that it would be good to tell a joke every day yeah. just to lift people's uh, spirits. So the, the jokes were, were done together and then we put a call out asking people to send jokes. And my dad, who died sadly last year, he would have been on the phone regularly with, with lots of jokes for them. So um, they did it for a good, a good while now during lockdown. And then when dad died last year, just before he died, he had uh, pulmonary fibrosis and there's a support group up in the north that were really amazing. And dad had done some fundraising the previous year and my sister had done some fundraising. So um, just a few days before he died, he said to me, you'll have to do something for those people. They've been so good to me. And I was like, yeah, I will, dad, I will, I will. And it was really weighing on my on my shoulders yeah. to do something. And then Hannah said, like, wh why don't we, why don't I just tell more jokes? And September is Pulmonary Fibrosis Awareness Month. So um, they did a joke every day. Yeah. People contributed to it. And then there was a, a fundraising page that they, you know, they raised over um, 10,000 pounds sterling. So they did yeah, a, a tremendous did. job. And, and Hannah, Hannah actually spent the summer writing letters to various yeah. different people. So, you know, she was on the Stephen Nolan show. Yeah. She was on with Kira Kelly. I had to take her up to to Ray Darcy and um, like we saved the best for last with the jokes. Liam Neeson did record three jokes and sent them yeah. to us. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was absolute credit um, to you as a family. It was a lovely piece. Yeah, lovely piece. Thank you. Thank you. So well done. Um, and that's everyone from the family, isn't it, that's here and, yeah. and present. So yeah, yeah good on you. I don't think you. I've forgotten any. No. I don't think the sisters-in-law are here. Sharon, what next? Um, where are you going next with the podcast? And give me a guess that you haven't been able to get yet. Liam Neeson. Okay. <laughs> Have to get Liam Neeson. My brother has an in there. I'm putting yeah. it out. Liam, ne as I said, Liam Neeson's um, mother was a dinner lady Aye. at our school. So so that's so your link, is it? Yeah, I, I'd love to talk to him about the the food that he grew up with. Yeah. And what his favourite mommy dinners were and 
Does he cook himself? Where does he like to go to to eat? What restaurants does he like to go to? I've I've loads of questions. Yeah. I'm thinking about it all the time. I just need it sorted. Yeah, okay. Just need well. it sorted, Mark. Well, we're, we're, when we're sitting here 20 years time, you better have had it done at that stage. Uh, yeah. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open this up, um, even if you just want to say a congratulations to, to Sharn. And I know that, you know, we're all very proud and rightly so, but it's you that should be proud, your family, and that's why they're here. And it's, it's just nice that it's here as part of BLOSS and that occasion and all that we do to consider ourselves part of the big extended family. So does anyone want to, to ask a question or pass on their their congratulations, Artie, yeah, and Sally and Caroline. I just want to say a uh, huge congratulations, but uh, when Sharon joined us, she changed all of our social media. Uh, she's written most of my speeches, um, makes me sound good. So I just say, Sharon, I can't believe it's 10 years, but wow, thank you. Thank you, Artie. Yeah, thank you. well done. Thank you. And we have Caroline and, and Sally. Uh, so I've worked as a producer and as uh, I'm also the chair of the Irish Food Writers Guild, so representing our, our food writing awards. And Sharon has always been incredibly generous with her time when we're doing events and things like that. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of the producers, which, which I was one, and also to represent the people that are out there that might necessarily have a voice. Um, you know, you're taking all these lovely little stories and these are people who wouldn't necessarily get onto mainstream radio, but you can find the podcasts, which is brilliant. So it's, and it's also an incredible resource for any journalist who's looking for, for background on somebody that they're interviewing. So I just want to say, Sharon, thank you. 10 years is an incredible achievement. So really well done. Thanks. Well, Sharon. thank you, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. Very credible recognition coming from you. Thank you. Yeah, Sally. Just, just to add to my voice to that. Um, every time you do anything, Sharon, you just completely over-deliver. So, uh, you know, uh, um, we've, I've worked with you on Electric Picnic, and um, I've asked you so many questions over uh, producers, things, and equipment, how to do things, technical expertise, and ask you anything, and you get ten times the result back. So thank you very much for... for so many years of, of advice. Thanks, Sally. And Thanks, Sally. Uh, well done. And Thank you, Sally. And I should say, um, Sally, that when the foodie forum took place in Galway on a few occasions, and I, I, I remember sitting down and interviewing you and John, and John saying to me afterwards, you ask great questions, Sharon. And that uh, it meant so much to me mm. because, again, it, it just gave me a bit more confidence in what what I was doing so I really I really appreciate all the support that you and John have given me over the years as well you're, you're always on top of everything you know <laughs> I, I just have such a, so much admiration for that you know you, you you ask the right questions you have the right equipment you know the right people and you're always there to help yeah well done thank you thank Sally you. Thank you. anyone else yeah thank you hi Sharon um I can remember the first time you ever interviewed me we were sat in your car in a side street in Cork and it was <laughs> raining a lot <laughs> and ever since then you know you and I have spoken uh, and you featured me on your podcast on a number of, of occasions uh, you've invited me onto the stage when in the recent times as well when you've been hosting food talking stages at festivals and I just want to say two things first of all thank you very very much for those opportunities and second of all I think one of the best uh, skills an interviewer can have 
is to give the person you're talking to the space to tell their story. And you just do that incredibly well. So just on my behalf, thank you, but also in recognition of just your craft as an interviewer. Um, you're exceptional and congratulations on 10 years. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Yeah, really good words coming, of course, from this year's um, Blast Naheran Producers Champion. So congratulations to you as well. Darren, um, I, I can say a million thank yous for many reasons, but the one I want to call you out for is you are just the best sounding board. Um, I, I'm honoured to call you a friend. Um, you've been brilliant in terms of educating me, advising me, um, directing me, uh, giving me a good old telling off when I've needed it. Um, and um, I, I really do appreciate you. I admire you. Um, I think you're an inspiration. I think you fight really well for women, Irish women in particular. And um, I just wanted to say thank you. Thanks, Annie. Thank you, Annie. Yeah, and, well done. And Annie, Annie had sent me a message a few years ago to say, you know, um, I've some news, you know, would you be free for a call? And whenever she came on, I said, well, it's, uh, you're, it's two of these. You're moving to Ireland, you're starting your own consultancy business, or you're pregnant. I'm not pregnant, Sharon. <laughs> um, go ahead, Anthony. Yep. Sharon, I think you are the queen of organization. Um, I recently worked with Sharon on a project, and she's been fantastic. Uh, you know, echo what everyone's saying here today. You were amazing. That soundboard, just to have, you know, anything I ask you, you're like, yes, no problem. Even if I have a problem, you're like, I'll deal with this. You're just fantastic. And you are, like, brilliant at networking. Like everyone, particularly in a project that uh, Sharon worked with me in Wexford, they all talk about every time they go, sh you know, can I, can I contact Sharon about the podcast? She said yes. I was like, of course. And then sometimes they're like, I haven't done that, what Sharon said, you know, about networking. Or particularly here, there's a few of Wexford producers are here and they're doing what you said. You know, come with a list of people that you want to meet. If it's, you know, Brian McDermott or Nev McGuire or Annie Dunn or, you know, Fallon and Artie, like just producers won't even go up and say, you know, thank you or talk to them. You are the person who says, go up and do that. And there's people who have done that. And it's, you know, it's credit to you for, for telling people to do that and the simple things and making it happen as well. So thank you. And thank you to me as well, because you are a soundboard. We, we speak, I say, every couple of weeks. And we set, tried to set a time limit to 30 minutes, and two and a half hours later, no, we're yeah. still talking. Yeah. Um, and we, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. Lovely. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah. And Cara? Sharon, I just want to say one thing. I emulate what everybody has said in the room. But most of all, what a good friend you are. And in times of need, especially when I lost my dad, you were there. And very, very emotional times when you lost your dad. We're a big family, and thank you very much. Thanks, right, thank you, Cara. Okay, I think that is um, as good as it'll get from the world of producers, friends, journalists, and everybody that's in the room. I think we can all echo um, each other in, in our sediment and graduation towards you, Sharon, and what you've achieved. I don't think any of us um, would have matured the way that we've matured without the interviews, the telling offs the soundboards, and everything else. There's not else. that many telling off. There's no. been a few. There's been a few. <laughs> but I saved those for my family. They, yeah, well, they, 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 they may appear in videos later. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, but, um, you know, I'm going to hand it over to you because I know there's a, there's a little piece that you want to do here as well today as, as we wrap up. But this is your time, and it's your deserved time. Uh, and on behalf of everyone, I'm going to ask everyone to please 
put their hands together for 10 years of best possible taste. And Sharn Noonan. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Sharn. Standing ovation. So. Well, we're, yeah. we're going to do a late, late stunt, aren't we? Disappear? No, no, no. We're going to do we're going to do a one for everyone in yeah. the audience. And um, like two things I loved mm. growing up was a microphone, loved an oil microphone, but also Morelli's ice cream would have been on the, the North Antrim coast where we would have gone on several holidays or visits, day trips. And um, so down at the back, they are working away now. They are going to give everybody or anybody that wants one the, su the supreme champion, yeah. Morelli's mango sorbet, but we're going to do it microphone style and cover it with chocolate sprinkles. Uh. But if you'd rather have it without the chocolate sprinkles, that's, that's fine. So I'd love it if you did it like a selfie with it, put it up onto one of your social media platforms um, and be sure to tag me in it. That would be brilliant. And, and that will be lovely. And I suppose this is our wrap up, Artie, isn't that correct? So uh, I suppose just to, to extend a big thank you to you and, and to your family and to the family around you who put this together because without this, none of us are anything. And this is where a lot of network has happened again this year over the past couple of days, at least that I am aware of, and also to Bank of Ireland for their sponsorship. That is it from BLOSS 2023. Thank you and well done. Congratulations, Sharon Noonan. Thanks, Brian. Thank, thank you. you. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.